This is LEC Online Church. We exist to love God and love people. For more information about our church or ministry activities, please visit LakeErieChurch.com. Now here's today's message. Beginning in January, this month, we're going to be focusing on prayer, scripture reading, and devotion to God. We provided you with a handout this morning. If you don't have one, if you'll raise your hand, the ushers will bring one uh, to you. And every week the handout will be just a little bit different, so it's important uh, that you take notice. In the, in the handout today, you have three things. You have a prayer wheel, which contains 12 topics of prayer that you can use to organize your prayer time this month. We're asking you to pray. We'll say more about that in a moment. This is actually originated with Dick Eastman's Hour That Changes the World. If you've ever read that book, it's a, it's a transformational book. It's been around a long, long time. But basically, if you want to pray for an hour, there's 12 topics, 12 things on the wheel. I've used this for years, many, many years I've used this. It's a great tool for, uh, for uh, prayer. Uh, and then also, you have... In there, a 31-day Bible reading challenge. Uh, I don't know what your plans are for the year. Uh, I'm going to be reading the Bible through chronologically this year. It's my favorite way to read the Bible. But I decided I would just give you a 31-day challenge. And with the help of Abby Fellenstein, we are providing this to you. It's a, uh, uh, a handout that's attached to your, to your uh, handout there that you can use. Today's scripture was in 2 Corinthians, great passage. Every day there's about six or seven, ten verses, something like that. Uh, so I encourage, I'm challenging you to join Shelly and I in reading the scriptures every day. And then you, finally you have in there the sermon notes uh, for today. We're calling this series How to Pray. Five consecutive weeks we'll be talking about prayer in a different way. This morning we're going to talk about how to pray in the Next Sunday, we're going to talk about how to pray through the disappointment that you have with God. Uh, you don't want to miss next Sunday. It's going to be powerful, powerful, especially the conclusion of that, of that sermon. And then the following week, we're going to talk about how to pray for other people. How do you, how do you pray for others in your life? And then on and on through the rest of the month, there'll be uh, specific areas of, of prayer. And before I go further, I want to tell you about two books that we ordered and we're making available to you. And if you're watching online, you can go to Amazon and pick up your own copy of these books. I've told you that on June the 14th, here in this sanctuary, seated right here on this stage, God spoke to me and told me to stop talking so much. That I should spend more time listening to God. And a couple of days later, I heard Peter Gregg on a podcast talk about a book that he had written, and so I ordered it. And it has been the, one of the most phenomenal reads of my life. In fact, I, I have always said that The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, written by Stephen Covey in 1991, was the most impacting book I've ever read. This is at least 1A. This book has dramatically impacted my life. The second book that he's written there is How to Pray, a simple guide for people, normal people that want to pray. I highly recommend. I gave all of my kids this book. I gave uh, the How to Hear book to all the staff. And, uh, and I highly recommend these books. Now, I'm not a book hawk. That's not what I'm doing here. and We're not making any money on these. 
We're just recovering the money the church spent to order the books. They're in the lobby. After service, if you'd like to have a copy of the book, you can go by and pick them up. You can have both of them for 30 or you can have either one of them for 17 And uh, you can do it with credit card. You can do it with check. You can do it on our online through your, your giving portal of the church. I'm going to encourage you to take a look at these books. If you like to read or you're looking for something to read this year, and I would encourage you to take the year to read it. Uh, if you saw my How to Hear God book, it's just, you know, it's written in and, and uh, it's highlighted and there's just so much in here uh, that I think this man, this man, he, uh, he pastors in London, England, and again, it's not an endorsement of him as much as it is the concept that God wants to communicate with us. He not only wants us to talk to him, he wants us to listen to him. And our prayer time has to be more than just talking. It has to be listening. So you can pick up those uh, in the lobby and those will hopefully be helpful to you. And during the month we're asking you to pray. We are calling Lake Erie Church to pray during the month of January. We want you to make your home a place of prayer. We want you to make your automobile a place. A, a sanctuary of prayer we want you to make every part of your day a time of prayer James Welsh and I eat breakfast from time to time when Alexis won't feed him and uh, I told James one day we were talking about prayer and I said to James because at that time he was working a different job we were talking about prayer and I said how long does it take you to get to work he said it's about 45 minutes I said all that time you can be talking to God. You can be talking to God, or you can be listening to sports radio, whichever you decide is the best for you. Talking to God. I, I love to pray in the car. I love doing that. Why are we calling the church to prayer? I want you to hear me. I'm calling you to prayer because we're desperate. We're desperate. We're desperate at Lake Erie to see people come to Jesus. A few days ago, you walked up here and laid those cards that are in that little vase on the side of the stage right there. You laid those cards, hundreds and hundreds of people that need Jesus. Now, God's already saved some people that you ask Him to save. And this year, in 23, I want to see more people come to Jesus than this church has ever seen come to Jesus. I want, you to, I want you to be used of God to bring people to Jesus. To bring them to meet Jesus just like the disciples did when they went and found their brother and said, Come see a man. The man that we, we've been praying for, wanting to see. Come see him. I pray that you have those conversations on your job and your school. I want to hear about students at Lake Erie that are praying with their friends to receive Jesus. I, I want us to see people come to Jesus and, and the Bible said that sons and daughters are born into the kingdom when Zion travails meaning that when we pray when we seek God and pray evangelism occurred we're, we're desperate to see people healed there are some of you sitting right here in this room today that needs God you need God to heal you of diseases there, there seems to be in our church a dearth of sickness related to immunity. 
You know what God can do? God can raise your immune level. God can heal your immune system so that you would be healed. We're desperate to see miracles occur. Financial miracles, emotional miracles, relational miracles, miracles in your marriage, miracles in the raising of your children. Miracles. Miracles on your job. Miracles in your resources, your finances. Miracles. We're desperate. And then finally, we're desperate to see the activation so many of the prophecies that have been spoken over this church. You know, down through the almost 60-year history of this church, there have been a number of prophecies that have been either proclaimed or spoken over this church. I want to see those come true. I want to see them come to pass. When I came to Lake Erie very early on, somebody told me about a notebook that contained the prophecies that had been spoken over our church. I want to see every one of those prophecies come to pass. And the activation of that is a church that prays. We are we're encouraged this morning by the promise of God in His Word in 2 Chronicles 7 that if we pray, God will hear. God will hear. Peter Gregg says in this book on prayer, he says, we are stretching to the heavens to flip the big red switch on the wall that says revival. I love that. I'm yearning for God to move in our church. So here's what I want you to do right now with me. Right now. Put your paper down. Take your hand and put it over your heart. Remember when the disciples came to Jesus and they said to him, Lord, teach us how to pray. That's the prayer I want you to pray right now. I want you to pray with me right now. If you're watching online, I want you to put your hand over your heart right now. And I want you to pray, Lord, teach me how to pray. In these weeks of learning and reading and study, Lord, teach me how to pray the way that you want me to pray. Let's do that right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I lift up this congregation. I pray, Lord, for every person who's seated. I pray for every person, Lord, who is watching online. I pray for every person who will be listening to a podcast in the weeks to come. I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would touch us. Illuminate our minds today. Break through the traditions and the presuppositions of our minds and teach us how to pray. Teach us how to talk to you. Teach us how to communicate with you. Teach us, Lord, to open up our heart and be real and honest with you today. Some of us need to be healed. Some of us need to be delivered. Some of us need a fresh perspective. Some of us need the, our eyes to be open. We've been blinded by the problems and difficulties we're in. So teach us how to pray, how to approach you. How to break through in our prayer life. God, I believe you for every miracle that is going to be done. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody says, open your Bible to the book of Luke chapter 18. Let's go back to that passage. 
that Michelle read to us. And every week, the reader at the beginning of the service will be reading the passage that will be the focus of that day's sermon. Michelle read from Luke chapter 18, beginning with verse 1. Let's stand for the reading of God's Word. One day Jesus told His disciples in a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. Let's read that again. One day Jesus told His disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I do not fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth? Who have faith. You may be seated. I met Shelly 11 years ago. I met her the very first time in a Starbucks on the east side of Cleveland. But before I had met her personally, uh, we began exchanging text messages. And we did that for several days. And one day in the text message, I said to Shelly, you know, I've never heard your voice. I mean, we've talked about a number of things, but I've never heard your voice. And if you know Shelly, you're not surprised by what she said. I said, can I call you? She said, well, I tell you what, you can call, but I'm not going to answer. I'm going to let you listen to my voicemail, and then you will hear my voice. Because she didn't know me yet, you know. And I did. I, I remember, I can tell you exactly where I was when I, I, it's stuck in my brain. I remember I called and I listened to her voicemail. And honest to the Lord, my first thought was, she's 14. She's got that, if you've ever called and got her voicemail, you know it's a different voice than the one that says, pick up your socks. It's just a different voice. But here's why, I'm, here's why I'm telling you that. I still love that voice. And I love talking to Shelly. I love communicating with her. I love interacting with her. I love those exchanges. Now, we've been married nine years. She probably thinks it's been 99 years, but it's only been nine years. We had our anniversary last week. And uh, we've been married for nine years. But when you think, when I think about it, as I thought about this message, I thought about, I still get excited when I hear her voice on the phone. In fact, if I get a voicemail, if I'm traveling or I'm not at home, and I get a voicemail from Shelly, I don't ever put that off. I immediately listen to that because I love to hear Shelly talk. Well, as 
I thought about that, I thought about the excitement that God must have when you start talking. When you decide that you're going to pray, whether it's you're driving down the road or, or you're in your house or wherever, you decide to start talking. Don't, don't you imagine God has an even greater excitement than I just described? Because God is captivated by you. He created you in His image. He made you after Himself. And He desires, as we've said a few months ago, He desires to have fellowship and walk with you every day. So when you start talking, when you take the time to start talking to Him, He gets excited. Because His focus and His attention is on you. Last year... Rachel Shaw, not Rebecca Shaw, that's another Shaw. Rachel Shaw, who attends our church, was playing basketball for Fairport High School. And uh, Rachel invited me to come and watch her play. And so uh, I went one night. In fact, I went to two games last year. It was her senior year. And I went to watch her play. Sat there with her father and uncle and aunt and all the family that was there to watch Rachel play. And if you don't know, Rachel is a very, very good basketball player. And watching her play, and here's what, here's what I was remembering as I was reflecting back on that. When Rachel was dribbling the ball, I was focused on Rachel. When Rachel was shooting her shot, I was focused on Rachel. When they took Rachel out of the game and subbed somebody else in, I went to the concession stand. Because I didn't care about the game. I didn't care who was winning. I came to see Rachel play. And I thought, that's exactly the way God is about me. It's exactly the way God is about you. When you decide to engage with Him, it's everything to Him. And He, he is captivated by the way you pray, by the way that you think, by the way that you talk. His greatest desire is to engage with you every day. And the way that we do that is we call it prayer. Now, I come from a, a legacy of prayer. I've told you that before. My mother was such an incredible woman of prayer all my life. I, I, my mother always, was always a great praying lady. We prayed about everything. We prayed about sick pets. We prayed about the church. We prayed at home. We prayed in times of crisis. We have prayed all night long. We used to have... In the church where my dad pastored, he would have all-night prayer meetings. Some of you may remember those. There'd be a sign-up sheet out there, and you'd sign up for an hour, and I'd go out there, and my dad would sign me up for 2 a.m. He'd put my sister down for 3 a.m. Because those were times nobody else wanted, so he just put his kids down to pray. My dad didn't realize that's some of the best sleep I'd ever had in my life was sleeping in that church during my two-hour prayer time. Praise at 2 in the morning. I couldn't stay awake. And then my sister would wake me up when she would come down at 3. She claimed she was praying, but I bet she was sleeping too. But it's a long legacy of prayer. I've prayed my whole life because I was taught to pray. I prayed in the car. I prayed on my knees. I prayed with tears. I prayed on the floor. I prayed walking the streets. I'm not unfamiliar to prayer. But the older that I get, the more that I find that there is so much more that you and I can learn about prayer. 
I prayed in times of desperation. I prayed in moments of release. I prayed in faithful anticipation. I've been disappointed in my prayer life. Too many times I've been lazy to pray. And I'm very often not satisfied with my prayer life. And I'm sure that there's a lot of people that feel the same way about it. Everybody looks at prayer in different ways. If I were to ask you to describe your prayer life, it would be different from somebody else's prayer life. And that's the way that it should be. There is no one way to pray. Because if, if there's one way, if you say, oh, I want to pray like Jeannie Roten, well, what that happens to you is if you follow that model, if you're not careful, it becomes a ritual. God doesn't want you praying like her. He wants you to pray like you pray. And the way that you pray is absolutely marvelous to God. He doesn't want it to be so formal and, and stiff that, that it's not relational and it's not real. And so therefore it's not to be mechanical. And so when we read this story, what Jesus is trying to tell us is that prayer is supposed to be at least three things. And here they are. They're really simple. Three things about prayer that God's, I believe Jesus is saying in this story. Here's the first one. Keep it simple. Everybody say, keep it simple. That was so lame. Keep it simple. That's what prayer needs to be. We overthink prayer. We make it too complicated. We, we, we just, we tend to have, like, like I was saying about Shelly, you don't have to have a special voice to pray. You ever prayed by somebody who thought they had to have a special voice? Drop it down another gear. Change the way that they reflect their words. Oh, thou God. Don't you know God's up there going, come on, man. Come on. We, we you know, we, there used to be a guy in my dad's church. He only prayed in the King James. These and thou's and... And I used to say to my dad, nobody talks like that. You don't have to have special words. You don't have to have a special voice. Don't complicate your prayer life. I, I think sometimes we get too conscious about things in prayer. Instead of just letting prayer be what it is, we get too complicated with it. For example, are you supposed to stand or sit down when you pray? Or kneel? That, that seems to be the common is kneeling. But do you have to kneel to pray? Do you have to stand? Here's one. Do your eyes have to be closed when you pray? Now somebody told us that they did. Somebody told us, close your eyes, let's pray. But in, I can't find anything in the Bible, and you, and you help me, that I don't find anything in the Bible that says you have to close your eyes to pray. You can pray with your eyes wide open. If you're driving and praying, please keep your eyes wide open. Don't, don't make it complicated couple of things I want you to think about when you think about simple prayer is that you don't have to get it right all the time. Don't overthink your prayer life. Don't overthink it. Don't, don't, don't make it too religious. Don't make it too much. Just don't overthink it. I love what Patty Page tells in her story about when she was a little girl 
She said her mother taught her that prayer, you know, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. And she said, I hated that last part. And she said, I'd try to leave it out. My mother would remind me again. And she said, I got so tired of my mother forcing me to say that little prayer. Finally, I said to mommy, will you just let me make up my own prayer? And she said, her mother said, yes. Patty said, I would lay in the bed at night and I would try to think of the words to say to him. And she said, his presence would just come into that room and I would feel his presence even though I wasn't saying anything at all. You don't have to say, there's no magical words when you pray. Keep it simple. And don't compare your prayer life to other people. You know, there are people in my life that I admire their prayer life. I, I, I lean on them. There are people in this church that I lean on for prayer because I have a sense that they understand the value and the power of prayer and so I want them praying with me over things. Sometimes I will nudge them and say, I need you to help me pray about this. But it's, it's not about comparing your prayer life to other people as I said. God doesn't want you trying to pray like somebody else. Just keep it simple. I love this in Matthew chapter 6 verses 7 and 8. This is out of the message. It said, the world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want for God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father that you're dealing with and he knows better than you what you need. So number one is what? Hello? Keep it simple. Here's number two. Keep it real. Say, keep it real. You know what happens a lot of times is sometimes we are afraid to be real with God. Now, don't you fall out of your seat, but I'm going to tell you. Have you ever said to God, I don't like you? I don't like what's going on here. I don't like what's taking place in my life. I'm not comfortable with what you're doing. I have. Have you ever said to God, I don't think prayer works? I don't think that matters that I pray. I figure you're going to do whatever you're going to do anyway. So what difference does it make if I pray? I've said that. You know what? I didn't get struck by lightning. And God didn't get mad at me. And quit talking to me. Because God invites you and I to make our prayers real. You know why? Because God is real. And I'm real. And what God says is if you'll be real with me, I'll meet you in your reality. I'll meet you in your real pain. I will meet you in your real struggle. I will meet you in your real sorrow. But you have to be real. Don't put on a game with me. Think about how absurd it is that you would come to God and try to blow him off. By acting like God doesn't know what's going on. God knows what's going on in you. He knows things about you that you don't know about yourself. And there's, there's no reason for you not to be real. Your life is messy. Okay. Your marriage is a mess. Okay. Your children are undisciplined. Okay. Your finances are awful. It's okay. Tell him. I'm a mess. 
My marriage is a mess. My kids are in trouble. My life is a mess. And be real with Him because in being real with Him, you take your prayer life to a place where God meets with you. Don't forget that sin is real, the devil is real, evil is real, and God's power is real. And here's what the Bible says about our prayer, that prevailing prayer, as this woman, this persistent prevailing prayer that she had, this, this request that she had, God, Jesus said, that's the way God likes it. Just keep pressing, keep on knocking, keep on or asking God, keep on believing that God is going to answer your prayer. Because prevailing prayer are like brass knuckles to knock out the enemy. What that means is if you don't get the answer today that you want, keep praying. If it doesn't happen this week, keep praying. Someone said here in our church, I, I must have prayed about this a hundred times. Well, good. Keep praying. Prevailing prayer knocks out the enemy. I want to encourage you this week, this week as you pray to embrace the authority of your prayers. Embrace the authority of your prayers. You are talking to your heavenly father. You are talking to someone that loves you more than you could possibly know. But keep this in mind, prayer is not necessarily loud. You know, you're not going to pray like somebody who screams out loud. Prayer is not necessarily loud. It's not necessarily emotional. Prayer doesn't always include tears. But here's what prayer is. Prayer is powerful. And prayer is crushing to the attack of the enemy. If you're under attack from the enemy, pray. Jesus said to the disciples in the garden, He said, pray that you not enter into temptation. Your flesh is weak. Your spirit is willing, He said, but your flesh is weak. You have to pray. Pray the authority of God over your life. Pray with authority when you pray. So keep it simple. Keep it real. Keep it up. It up. Say, keep it up. Keep it simple. Keep it real. Keep it up. Go back to the first verse in Luke 18. One day Jesus told his disciples a story showing that they should always pray and never give up. That's why he told the story. Told the story so they would never give up. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 is a verse that has always intrigued me. It says, rejoice always. And then what does it say? Read it. What in the world does that mean? What does it mean to pray without ceasing? It literally means that prayer is a constant part of your dialogue. A constant part of who you are, what you are. That prayer is always on your mind, always available, always within reach. You know, sometimes when I'm down at Betty's, Betty will say, 
she'll get a phone call from maybe one of you or someone else and she'll say, well, pastor's here, we're going to pray. And she'll hang up the phone and she'll say to us, let's pray right now. And we'll pray right there in that moment. Right there, because Betty understands the power of prayer. Praying without ceasing. Praying all the time. I told you about my mother. My mother got up every morning at 6 o'clock, and she prayed from 6 until 7. In, in some of my life, it was in the room adjoining my bedroom. So just on the other side of the paneled walls was my mother on her knees at the couch with her prayer list and her Bible and she was praying and my mother was a screamer when she prayed so that meant I got up at 6 o'clock every morning I didn't necessarily get out of bed but I was awake I wouldn't trade anything for that because as I look back now many years later I'm sitting there listening to my mother talking to God she prayed a list, and on that list was my name. And I knew my mother was coming to my name at some point. She would be praying over me. My mother prayed consistently, always. In the later years of life, when, when her mind began to be dysfunctional, and she began to lose touch with reality. And Shelly tells this even better than I. She says, there was something about Meemaw, which is what we called her. She could just be having one of those way out there days. And somebody would say, Meemaw, we're going to pray. She'd just start praying in the Holy Ghost, just like that. Just, I mean, just like that. It would come right back. Because she had prayed without ceasing. Prayer was a part of her DNA. It was a part of who she was. Praying without ceasing. Keep praying, he said. So often I find myself as I go through the day, I just made a short list of these things. I, I find myself saying, Lord, thank you for the day. Or I will say something like, Lord, bless Leon. Whatever he's doing today comes to my mind. Leon comes to my mind. And I say, Lord, bless Leon or bless Billy Walter or whatever it might be. Or maybe I'm driving down the road or I'm, I'm in my office or I'm in the sanctuary or I'm doing something else. Luke Colburn will come to my mind and I'll just stop and say, Lord, right now I pray the healing power of God over Luke Colburn. That's what pray without ceasing means. It just means that you're leaning on the Lord all the time. You're leaning into prayer all the time. You're always consistently praying. Now there are times for formal prayer. There are times when we pray passionately and there are times we should pray consistently. But I want to finish this morning by giving you these two thoughts and then we're done. I want the worship team to come on and make their way to the stage as soon as possible. I want you to know that prayer has a place. And that place is where you're meeting God. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be at an altar. But prayer has a place. It's, it's, it's important for you to recognize that prayer must have a place. You must have a place of prayer. For my mother, it was a recliner. And I would say to her, she would say to me, you know, I'm not able to do the things I used to do. She used to do kids ministry and she used to speak and travel. And when she got sick, she couldn't do that. I said, but mom, 
you're still doing the work of the kingdom right here in this recliner. You know, I think about Helen Land. Helen's not able to come. She's, she's a part of us every Sunday. You go look at the online. You'll see Helen's, Helen Land's name on there. She's there every Sunday. From that chair in Helen's living room, she does the work of the kingdom. Prayer has a place. Prayer has a place. And wherever you decide to pray, maybe it's in a pickup truck, maybe it's in your car, maybe you slip away during break time to a quiet place in the office, prayer has a place. It's the place where you choose to meet God. Jacob had a place. He called it Bethel. He said, this is the place where I met God face to face. But listen, prayer also has a presence. Prayer has a place where I meet God, but prayer has a presence where God meets me. Where I encounter the presence of God. I don't know... If you can understand what I'm saying. But there are times in prayer when you pray. The old timers, they call this praying through. Anybody remember that phrase? Pray till you pray through. What they're saying is you pray until you get His presence. You pray until you get to the place where you sense His presence. I can't tell you how many times I've stood here, stood out there where you're sitting, or sitting in a chair where I think maybe you're sitting because I've been praying over you. And I've sensed His presence. And what I know at that point is that I've prayed to a place where God is encountering me. I'm encountering Him because I've found a place to pray. He's encountering me with His presence. Can I just tell you, there isn't anything in the world more precious than the presence of God. It's here. His presence is right here. Sense it. His presence is here. It's when... The Bible said that two or three shall gather in his name. He's in the midst. It means that he comes down. That, the phraseology there means he literally comes down and sets up his residence or his abode or his, his place. He just, he sits down. I'm here. Okay, let's talk. I'm here. You got a kid that you're worried about? Let's talk about it. You can't make your bills, let's talk about it. You can't stop your habits. Let's talk about it. It's his presence. And that's what God wants for you. Peter Gregg, in, in the book, he'll talk about this, and I, I won't, I'll let the full impact of what he's written be there for you to read but he said the question was asked him one time Pastor Peter how would you know that you've prayed enough 
So you're going to call your people and tell them you want them to pray an hour. What if an hour was not enough? Why do they have to pray an hour? What is the significance of time? I I pondered that a great deal before I came here to this moment with you. And I thought to myself, I... In 1987, I went to Seoul, Korea, and I saw people who literally prayed all day and all night at Prayer Mountain. They have these cubicles, and people sign up for them, and they go and lay in those little cubicles, and they stay there all day and all night, 24 hours in a row. I've sat with people who prayed hours at a time. I'm telling you, and I'm not giving you this some sort of get out, you know, get by kind of thing. You know, it doesn't matter to God how long you pray. It's not about legalism. It's not about God saying, okay, you're about four hours behind on your prayer this week. No. I promise you, He's not keeping a record. If you don't get to pray, I told James one day, I said, James, if you you don't get to pray your five minutes today, don't sweat it. Just pick it up tomorrow. God's not keeping a record. He's not, he's not holding you accountable for it. He wants you to want it as much as He does. So if it's five minutes, ten minutes, an hour, whatever it is, chase His presence. Thank you for listening. Lake Erie Church is a multicultural Pentecostal church. We would love to have you for a visit sometime. For more information or to connect with our team, please visit lakeeriechurch.com.